You're listening to The One Thing Podcast. I'm Sarah Hendricks. We've been celebrating the nine-year anniversary of The One Thing book with our top nine favorite podcast episodes throughout the years, and we're finally at number one. When we talk about extraordinary results, there's one person who is the true subject expert of The One Thing, Gary Keller. F.M. Alexander once said, people do not decide their futures, they decide their habits, and their habits decide their futures. It's a quote shared in The One Thing and one that Gary lives by. The way you show up in the world today is a reflection of the habits you've formed over a lifetime. In this episode of The One Thing Podcast, Gary walks you through how he sets big goals and how he identifies the one habit that, if he can put it in place, makes achieving that big goal easier or unnecessary. Please enjoy the co-author of The One Thing, Gary Keller in Decide Your Habits, Decide Your Future. In the book, Gary, there's a quote from F.M. Alexander that people do not decide their future. They decide their habits and their habits decide their futures. What role have habits played in your life? Habits are my life. And by the way, they're your your life too. Our lives are made up of habit. And I've told this story a lot, but bears repeating. When I was in college, I looked down one day and I was biting my fingernails. And I thought, that's strange. Why do I do that? And I didn't have an answer. I had no idea why I did it, right? As I didn't think about it, Jeff. And then sometime, maybe a month or so later, I ended up back home uh, with my family and we're sitting around the table and I look over and my dad has his hand just crammed in his mouth, biting his fingernails. And when he took his hand out, I looked at his fingers and man, they were nubs. I mean, he literally had half a normal fingernail on all of his fingers, right? And in that moment, I had an epiphany. And that is, I bite my nails because my dad bit his nails. And I didn't choose to bite my nails. I developed the habit of biting them by watching someone else and subconsciously copying them. And so it led to a bigger kind of epiphany for me. Uh, and that was, whose life am I living? If I'm, if I'm just robotically uh, copying other people, and I'm an accumulation of habits that I've observed, but not purposefully chosen, I'm not really leading my life. And so that led me down this rabbit trail of, of trying to understand when we take action, what role does habits play? And the reality is, is that they, we're, we are habit. We are habit. When you, when you wake up in the morning, do you generally wake up at the same time? Yes. Yeah, it's a habit. By the way, when you get up, do you normally do the same thing every morning? Yes. That's a habit. When you go into the shower or the bath and you start soaping up, do you stand there for a second and go, hmm, what should I soap first today? Honey, what do you think? Or do you just, you go through that motion, right, without even thinking about it. But if you reflect, you realize... You do the same thing. Do you shampoo first or do you wash your face first? Do you soap up first? What do you do first, second, third? It's a habit. And you do the same routine every time. Yes or no? Yes. Okay. So when we talk about habit, we first have to make an observation and we have to admit to something. Our lives are habit. 
the, the way you're standing right now, the way you're even looking at me is a habit. You know, this is this is that this is the habit of you being that way in these situations. And me sitting here, the way I'm sitting here is a habit. I didn't consciously think about it. I just went to my habit. So we're habit, man. We, our whole lives. I mean, and, and so then the question is, huh, well, do I want to have purposeful habit? Do I want to be a meaningful, specific around habit? Or do I want to be a wandering generality around habit where I'm just the accumulation of the habits that find me? Mm. And I believe that's a fundamental question. And the, the sooner in life that you can get to that fundamental question, that understanding and that fundamental question, man, life becomes this a, a whole different magical experience for you. Because you begin to understand that habit allows you to do something faster or better, right? I have a path to doing it. I habitually do it that way. I get it done faster and with predictable results. Mm -hmm. I've I've heard you share that at some point you formed the habit of forming habits. Absolutely. At what point in your life did that happen and how did that happen? Yeah, well, it happened gradually. Meaning that I think that when I had that experience with uh, my father, I began to think about it a lot more than do anything about it, just to be candid. I, don't, I, I think that was just an epiphany. And then I kind of went on this period of time in my life where I'm, I'm reading. And I'm, I'm, now, I'm, I'm, I'm now asking big questions and looking for books that have big answers around life and, and, and decision-making, right? And the first thing for me was I realized, and this was in my 20s, so it'd be about my mid-20s, that I go from just doing things and, and modifying my behavior on the run in order to get where I want to go to being more purposeful, where I then began to establish a very specific high goal and then built a game plan around that, and then built and then built the habits around the behavior necessary to deliver on that plan to get the results. And so I would say that it it was probably from the time that I had that experience with my father, it was easily eight years, easily easily eight years from that moment until I was becoming a purposeful person. And, and, and it builds on itself. You ever heard that saying, uh, the rich get richer and the poor get poor? Absolutely. Okay. So I, I'd heard that phrase a lot. And, it, and I never internalized that till, till at some point I'm studying money. And I realized that the reason why is once you've learned how to make money, you then just execute and you make more money. And if you haven't learned how to make money, then you every day execute on not making more money. And I, I realized that that life was kind of that way with goals too. If I could get purposeful and I could, and I could then build a way of thinking and assemble the habits that were necessary to execute at a high level, then I could be really greedy and I could then start picking things I wanted in life, uh, creating a plan and then creating habit around that around that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. So by the time I got to my late twenties, I'm I'm now a habit-based person. So I would say that's probably a 10 year 
11-year journey from the epiphany with my dad to when I've transitioned over into a bona fide, purposefully-based habits living. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. I want to dive into the habits that you formed to allow you to have a relationship with your goals. Okay. Because this whole idea, and Jay and I were walking one day, and he said, you know, the, the world doesn't wait, need a new way to set goals. They need a way to have a relationship with them, to stay in relationship with the goal, to allow it to help them be appropriate in the moment. What did that look like for you on your journey? It, for me, and, and again, I'm a thoughtful person, so I don't know why. But I, I think about things. So for me, it also happened. All, all of this change began to occur for me in my mid-20s. And it happened because of a divorce. And the introspection of why, why did that happen? And I don't want that to happen again. And, and realizing that I had been operating with a poor self-image and had been driven to succeed because I, I felt bad. And I thought if I was successful, people would like me or I'd be happier. And then I have something bad happen to me. And I started doing inner searching and actually went to a psychiatrist. And I came out of that going, you know what? I'm okay. And then I went, oh, no, I'm, I'm totally in trouble because if I'm okay without doing anything, and I'm happy without doing anything, why do I need to do anything? So I, I had a crisis in that moment because I, I realized that up until then, I had been driven by a deficit thinking, right? I was trying to become whole, believing that that created a better life, a happier life, uh, a bigger life. And it can, by the way, but it's it's not fulfilling, right? It, it you can't fill that hole. Nothing will. So so you just have to you just have to agree to be happy, so that you don't have a hole, right? So I look up and I go, "Holy cow, I'm I've lost my motivation." And then I realized I had to go on this journey. And the journey that I went on was: uh, Am I a physical being having a minor spiritual experience, or am I a spiritual being having a minor physical experience? And I had never decided. I had grown up in a religious family and habitually, if you will, I just incorporated the family's beliefs and actions around those religious beliefs without ever analyzing any of it. 
So now I'm looking up and I'm going, wow, I guess I never really decided. And in the end, I decided, okay, I believe I'm a spiritual being having a minor physical experience. And then I realized that in order to maximize my spiritual being in a physical form meant I needed to go out and live and have experiences and grow from those experiences. And if I failed, that just made me grow faster, right? Because I learned from my mistakes. And that led me to all of a sudden having a new relationship with goal setting. Because now my goal setting is very purposeful. And that is, I've made a connection between asking big questions of myself and assembling the thinking and the habits and, and the actions and the relationships around achieving that with growing as a spiritual person. Mm. So by the way, now I become fearless, meaning that you can bankrupt me, you can divorce me, you can do whatever you want to me. You can, you can cause me to fail at something and you have not defeated me because failure is part of my recipe for growing spiritually. So I'm okay with failure. And when you lose the, the, this fear of something bad happening, being bad, and you, you, you assemble it differently as a, a part of your journey, as bad as it is, you internalize it and spin it around and get back in touch with the fact that this is the journey of life. Good things happen, bad things happen, right? Good things happen, you're born. Bad things happen, you die. I mean, right? I mean, it, it, this is that journey. And you begin to make peace with all of that. You become kind of a fearless warrior. Now you become a greedy warrior. And that is you start thinking really big and write your goals. Your, your goals are now not just a goal. They are a, a, a stimulant to get you to behave in a manner that causes you by very definition to stumble at times because the goal's so big that you end up growing spiritually as a result of that. So for me, goal setting and achievement, Jeff, is a spiritual journey. I am deeply connected to those goals because they hold the secret to me having the highest spiritual life in a physical form possible. This idea of thinking bigger. Uh, I remember when I was interviewing for the role and I flew into town and I had dinner at, at Jane Wendy's house and I asked them, what's been the biggest gift you've received of being in business with Gary? And both of them said without any pause, thinking bigger. So what did it look like to develop habits that have allowed you to think bigger? Well, what would that look like? It, it, it's, it's success and failure. But here, here was what... I'd like to address that question in a different way. The, the, for me, I had, a, I had an aha. And that was when you set a low goal, a, a low goal, right? I'm not going to score a touchdown. I'm just going to gain a yard. Then what happens is you build a mindset and you assemble the habits and the relationships necessary to achieve a low goal. And the problem with that is, in and of itself, that sounds very logical because I need to get forward. So I need to have a plan to take the first step. Got it. Totally got it. Here's the problem. 
Uh, Warren Buffett said that habits are like chains that are too loose to be noticed until they're too tight to break, right? So we have to be very conscious about our habits. And if you build any habit and it's not the right habit, how hard is it to break a habit? Once it's a habit, how hard is that? Very. Oh, it's very, it's, you should be afraid at some point or have this, this awareness that having a bad habit can be so destructive for it and, and almost be too hard to change who you are. Because in essence, we are our habits, predictable behavior. If, if in fact we have no habits, then we're just unpredictable at everything. And our results are all unpredictable. And then who we are becomes kind of a mishy-mashy. So the reality is, is that once, once I understood that small habits actually can become a box, uh, right? That we get in, that we may not be able to get out of. I got rid of small, ha- I got rid of small goals. They, they're like, to me, the devil, right? They're, they don't do that, right? It'd be kind of like you get married and you turn to your wife and you say, I have a 10 year plan for us to be happy. So in our first year of marriage, we're, my plan calls us to be 10% happy. And then in the second year, we're going to be 20% happy. Then we're going to be 30% happy. And I promise you, honey, if you stick with me at some point, and I may fall backwards, but between 10 and 20 years, we'll be happy. That sounds stupid, doesn't it? I mean, that sounds insane to me to even think that way. But when you break that down, she would say, you know what? We may not need to be married because 10% happy at any point of the time is an unacceptable thing, honey. So we have to we have to negotiate this. So you just go right to your your goal is we're going to be happy. I mean, we're going to have a happy marriage. So sorry. And then you're going to just start behaving from day one and building habits from day one about how to do that. Mm-hmm. Now that's just a simple analogy, but it, 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 you you see my point. And this is the biggest mistake that people make, and that is they just haven't made peace that. They should just go to the big goal. And then their plan should just be one plan. And the fact that you're only at 10%, if that even happened, is just a journey to 100%. But you're executing the 100% plan because you don't want to build bad habits that you have to break. So the only habits you want are at the 100% level. And I work with, you know, I work with, you know, in my lifetime, I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of business people. And this is the number one mistake they make. They create incremental um, uh, habits around incremental goals, and then they and then they they hire to the incremental goal. So they have built habits and relationships, which are the two foundational concepts of living your biggest life possible. What you do consistently to deliver consistent results at a high level. And number two, what are the relationships that you've engaged in that help you do that? Mm-hmm. That's it. Those, that's the, that's the two, two-step formula. And I think the thing that's worth pointing out is the, the thing that stops people from just going to the goal is they think the purpose of the goal is to achieve the result. And when they can't achieve the result, they think they failed and they feel bad, they feel bad versus what you said, which is the purpose of that goal is to inform how you should behave today so that you get to go on the journey. You've just rewritten what the whole purpose is. That's right. That's exactly right. Life is a journey, not a destination. We're all going to die. So I don't, I'm not looking forward to the destination of life, just to be candid with you. 
I'm not excited about it, not motivated by it, but it's inevitable. So what I understand is, is that the only thing I have left that I'm cognitively aware of is the journey that I'm on. And because of that, I'm 100% committed to the journey and, and having the best journey possible. Like you said, you're a very thoughtful per- person. You're yeah. very purposeful. Yeah. How do you know when you're missing a habit and how do you identify what that habit is? Because you haven't achieved your goal. The, the truth is, is if, you're not, if you're not already there from day one, that means there's a reason why you're not there. Can you identify that? And I will tell you, there are only in two categories, the actions you took and the relationships that you have. Those are the only two reasons. So let's look at your actions. And then the first question I would ask is, were you trying to be incremental or were you just go, were you, are your actions the same actions today that would be here? You just haven't mastered it at this level yet. Right. It's like we, it's like we wrote about again in, in, in the one thing and we talk about, you know, the difference between a black belt and a white belt. At some point, the white belt knows exactly what the black belt knows. And you don't start out learning white belt moves. Black belt isn't about doing something different. It's about doing it better. So the day you walk into judo, let's say, because I, I, I took judo, they don't say, we're going to teach you amateur moves. We're going to teach you moves that a black belt would kill you on. No, they say, here are the moves. And the only difference between you and the ultimate black belt is that they execute better than you. We're not going to teach you something different. We're going to teach better execution. It's like playing the guitar. It's, you know, you it's, it's the same it's the same concept, right? The same the same scale that I play sounds completely different when Eric Clapton plays it. But it's the same scale, right? So in the end, we, we don't want to start out with low goals because they'll lead to, to, to inadequate habits. We want to go for a big goal. We just lay it out, man. Having this conversation with Gary connected dots for me that I had never connected before. I've understood for years that you decide your habits, you decide your futures, because it's in the one thing. It's that F.M. Alexander quote. People do not decide their futures. They decide their habits. Their habits decide their futures. But you heard it just now. Gary said, if you set low goals, you're going to form inadequate habits because you're going to fast forward and realize now you're hitting against the ceiling of achievement and you're going to have to break the habits that didn't scale with your ambition. I love what he said from Warren Buffett. The habits of our lives are like chains that are too loose to be noticed until they're too tight to be broken. I'm sure you could reflect on some habits you formed right now that they served you for a period and now they're actually strangling what's possible. The opportunity for us, especially at this time of year, is to cast that big vision for our life set huge goals that you're not even sure if you can achieve them because the result is irrelevant. What matters is who's the person you become along the way. And based on that big vision, you establish the habit that can scale to meet that ambition. What's interesting about this is, do you think it takes 
any more effort to form a scalable habit versus one that doesn't? Not so much. What's challenging is actually pausing, asking the question, what does extraordinary look like for me someday from now? And not be restricted by what you think is doable or what you even think is a stretch goal, but go out to what would extraordinary look like? Based on that, ask, great. What's the one habit I can form such that by forming it, achieving that goal would become easier or unnecessary? If you're like me, then it's probably time to open up your calendar and block some thinking time to chew on that answer. Search for the answer. Because what I promise you, and this is what our members are doing, they're dating this idea of what that habit is for the next few weeks so that when January 1st comes, it's go time, baby. We're launching the 66-day challenge and thousands of people from across the globe are gonna be partnered up to support one another in making sure that they do that one thing every day for the next 66 days. So that all of a sudden you look up, it's early March and you belong to a community of people who just solidified an amazing power habit that will determine the success of that big someday goal. The question is, will you be joining us? We hope you will go to the one thing.com slash habits. And when you do, you'll have the chance to join us for free for the first 66 days. This is an exceptional opportunity that is not available year round. You must pause the episode and go to the one thing.com slash habits right now. If this episode has brought value to you, who are the people that you know need to hear this? I mean, this. Gary is just gold. You've got to know some people that near to hear this episode. And the question is, will you be the type of person that empowers others to form habits that decide their future? Next week, we have part two coming up where we dive into how you can stop trading that extraordinary future for convenience today. We're gonna dive deep into time blocking, how he uses his planner, how he views his time and how it's allowed him to truly achieve extraordinary results. If you do not wanna miss that episode, make sure you've clicked that subscribe button so that when it releases, it's automatically downloaded to your device because I promise you, you thought this one was good, wait till next week. Finally, if this episode, cut. Finally, if this episode brought value to you, please consider leaving us an honest rating and review on your podcast player of choice. Mention the episode with Gary Keller and share your thoughts. We read every single comment and it also serves us because when you leave that review, it optimizes the algorithms. It allows us to reach more people and fulfill our mission, which is to help you better invest your time. So you too can achieve extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. We look forward to being with you in the next episode.